Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. All right, awesome. So happy Tuesday if you are joining in or tuning in live on Twitter Spaces or happy any day of the week if you are listening to today's episode via the Future of NFTs podcast series on your favorite streaming platform. I have a couple of key announcements for you today. So let's give a moment for the room to continue filling up before we get the show on the road. If you are joining today's space expecting that we would be hosting Julie Pacino today to speak about NFTs and filmmaking, I'm going to ask you to remember that good things come to those who wait. Unfortunately, something came up and Julie won't be able to make it today, but she definitely will be joining us on a future episode real soon, so keep an eye out. But if GameFi is your thing, you are going to love today's guest, so we are going to deep dive into NFTs and gaming in the metaverse. So definitely just stay right where you are. And in other news, September is officially at Lunum's birthday month. We are one year old and what an amazing year it has been. Uh, first, we started by parachuting off the top of the mountain at the height of crypto summer, then snowboarding down the slopes of crypto winter, bear markets, always seem like a time of hibernation on the outside of the cave. But believe you me, there's a whole universe happening on the inside. And as a team, we are super excited about what we've been getting up to behind the scenes. And of course, where to next? So yes, my official birthday wish as I blow out the candle on the cake is for the charts to turn a bright neon colored green. But we have a couple of, excuse the superlatives here, extremely exciting news announcements coming to your socials later this month. So if you're in it to win it in more ways than one, be sure to keep your eyes peeled because there might be a few game-changing opportunities in store for you. So with that, happy birthday to Adlunum and let's get into today's discussion on NFTs and GameFi. So hey, 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 Web3 World, this is Nadja Bester from Adlunum. And you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the minds of the fascinating guest speakers we speak to each week. Adlunum is the only idea launchpad that rewards attention with allocation. Our engaged to earn platform features dynamic NFT investor profiles NFT allocation fractionalization, and our one-of-a-kind proof-of-attention allocation mechanism. And you can catch the future of NFTs live on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday. So subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts to tune in for any of the episodes that you might be missing. Our sister show, Diving Into Crypto, is live every Thursday, same time, same place. Join us for both shows as we speak to thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing industry. So on to today, you ask and we listen. After our previous GameFi-focused episode with Metaverse play-to-earn game Cornucopias, you told us that you want more discussion around gaming, and today that is just what we are doing. I've got with me on the show today Rashmi Ranjan, the founder and CEO of Metaverse shooting game Born to Die. Rashmi is a seasoned entrepreneur. He has had an illustrious career, leadership career, on top of that in business, most recently as the vice president of business operation for Wazirx, India's largest cryptocurrency exchange, as well as leadership positions at billion-dollar startups like Gojek and Karim. So stay tuned as we delve into the whys and the hows of Web3 and all of the delicious snacks that it puts on our menus. If you would like to ask Rashmi a question, feel free to put in a speaker request, as always, when we open up the room for questions at the end. 
or you can simply DM your answer to the Adlunum Twitter handle at Adlunum INC and we'll read it out on your behalf. So Rashmi, welcome to the future of NFTs. Before we get going, tell us a bit about the PFP on your Twitter profile. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me here. It's a privilege and honor. Uh, I think uh, I have mentioned this. This is a Macy. I aped in a little late into the system uh, on uh, with Born to Die. Sorry, uh, with uh, Bodep, Yatla, and uh, Mutant Mutant Apes. So this is I got something which I got really excited. It's an ugly, ugly ape, as you can all see. But I really love it. It's it's like one of the top fifty uh, Mutant Apes in there. Uh, I believe uh, I, I I believe in what uh, the process and the systems how the uh, Yuga Labs uh, is uh, creating the board ape and this the way they are going and I firmly believe in them and this is um, uh, one way I'm trying to support them in general so it's it's a mutant app uh, that I have uh, that we have with us thanks. Awesome. Nice to see a bit of diversity in, in the PFP space as well. Uh, I'm having a bit of issue hearing you. Your connection seems a bit spotty. Just want to let you know in case it's possible to move to a different part of the room or maybe to a different room. Uh, but I can let you know uh, if it doesn't improve. Um, so I think with that, let's get going. I would love to know a little bit more about you, your background, and how did you get into this crazy Web3 world of NFTs and the metaverse, especially as someone who originally came from such a traditional, in the sense that you still were in the tech startup space, but how did you make the shift from the world that you were in into Web3? Uh Oh, I'm sorry, my connection had dropped completely. So is this okay now? And I couldn't hear your question. Nada. This is perfect. So definitely now everything is absolutely fine. And my question was, would love to know a bit more about you, your background, and how did you make the shift from the tech world or the traditional, let's say, tech world into the Web3 space, um, NFTs, Metaverse, etc.? cetera? Um, <laughs> I, I would say my journey into Web3, crypto, NFTs has been something where I have always missed the first bus, uh, been skeptic in the beginning, and then started understanding and uh, aping in or following up in general. Uh, I'll give two examples here. So I first came across Bitcoin in 2010 uh, when the famous incident around uh, the uh, Bitcoin Pizza Day happened. I was then in the US. I had done some research I remember, still remember that uh, the price, it was 92 cents at that point, one Bitcoin. And I was like, ah, this is just a fad. It'll go away. Uh, and later, three, four years later, uh, like a little longer, actually, 2014, 20, uh, 2017 onwards is when I started diving deep into crypto and understanding what it actually means. And then by then, the Ethereum had come up and there were, lot more and started understanding deep into that what it all holds for so i my journey for crypto in general started in 2017 uh, and i invested into a few projects lost money in most of them made money in some of them uh, and uh, and but uh, since then i have been having a thesis around crypto and how it could change the world in general uh, my journey into nft world was similar uh, I remember I used to host a lot of rooms on uh, on Clubhouse. And I remember uh, back then in uh, April 2011, uh, sorry, 2021 is when uh, uh, the board dropped uh, and they were on uh, minting for three days. And I had my friends, my uh, people who were kind of pushing to uh, mint the NFTs and I was not minting it. Uh, even if it was like available for uh, mint for the lowest price, right? And I aped into the ape club way later buying a Macy. So that has been a journey. I first understand what this is about. I don't just jump in into any technology for the fad, but I really need to have a thesis, a viewpoint, how it is leading, where it is leading to before I step in into this system. And that has been my journey with crypto. That has been a journey even before crypto with 
with web to mobile tech and everything and also most recently into nfts and gaming that we'll call it Yeah, I love this story about Bitcoin having been 92 cents when you first came across it. For me, I have a, a rather similar story. Uh, I first was exposed to Bitcoin. I think it was around 2012, and it's not the price I remember, it's the fact that I had no freaking idea how this worked, and I just remember thinking to myself, this seems like something that's going to get really big, but I'm just not at the level where I have any idea what they're talking about, so I'm just going to wait until it's dumbed down a little bit. So for me, that was also in 2017, and I mean For sure, once the bug bites, you don't look back. But I think you've touched on a really important point, not just to jump headfirst into something without having any idea what it's about and the value that it can contribute, because this is something I think that we see a lot with the up and down movements of the markets where investors are really just getting into something without understanding the underlying fundamentals about something. losing a lot of money of course in the process and crash and burn and then we see you know this mass exodus from the market before as prices go up we see everyone returning again so this philosophy around just developing as you say a thesis before getting involved i think is such an important point but i'm curious on uh the metaverse game that you're building born to die tell a bit more about this especially in terms of how you use nfts and what is unique about your approach to using nfts in the game sure i i think this is my favorite question to answer in general <laughs> so born to die is a 3d shooter game in the metaverse right uh, so f- let me first deconstruct how what and why, uh, why we are doing this a a uh, shooter game happens to be the most popular category in the category of gaming ever right so we started uh, uh, so we actually uh, started building born to die as a web2 game way back in 2019 with i did have a mind that there is a potential that something could happen in web3 but it was not just there yet so while building the game at that point of time we started thinking that hey let's build and web3 for me is an economy layer on the top of gaming and if uh, let's build the game the the components of each and every part of the gaming keeping the economy aside in such a way that it can be plugged and played after all uh, afterwards when the web3 happened and then when uh, then axie infinity uh, showed a model in which gaming can work that essentially triggered the thought process that okay now i believe that web3 gaming is at the stage and i could start understanding working backwards saying that how a gaming platform or a web3 economy can work on gaming and let's start digging deep into that so i started digging deep into web3 economy or gaming economy uh, late last year and it has been 12 months since i have been again like i said i'm building a thesis around what should web3 gaming be like uh and that's where the uh, uh the if i have to put it in a simpler word web3 gaming is not gaming first you have to see web3 gaming as a financial product first once we see that the most of the issues that we see around gaming today will will start understanding it better so there is a issue of nft liquidity that issue is because we are not seeing as an uh, nfts as a financial product but we are seeing nfts as a game asset first the moment we start seeing nfts as a financial product first we'll design the nfts inside the game or the game nft assets in the game in a little different way the same thing happens for if we look at the way the play to earn economy is happening the way we are designing the token economy is we are doing it as a game first today so far on all the games but once you start thinking from a financial product first the fundamental principle of a financial product is the amount the currency should not lose value i'll give an example here so most of the games today we see are having a two token economy now two token economy makes sense to a large extent but what happens is by design by by virtue of how a market operates a financial market operates there would be oversupply coming of the second token the game token invariably and when that happens the value of that token will crash and crash out but if we are keeping that token untouched 
uh, uncoupled, decoup- uh, we're not decoupling it from the main token, then it starts causing issues. So these are some fundamentals, how you start approaching a game from a financial market perspective, a financial product perspective, not as a game only. Game happens, game is there. I think uh, I think I would put it this way that we have solved a lot of gaming-related problems, issues with the Web2 web gaming itself. I think we are having hundreds of millions of gamers out there in Web2 playing from serious games to uh, casual games to hyper-casual games today. So we don't we don't have to reinvent the wheel over there. What needs to be invented or solved for is the financial aspect of the web that Web3 brings in. And once that is solved, Web3 gaming is a non-stop. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to create large, uh, huge market uh, in the Web3, and we'll see crypto coming and getting used at a high scale that we can we all have been thinking or waiting for it to happen. And I think with with those theses and those learning that I have been studying, that is what I'm trying to bring in with Born to Die and the Metaverse, which will eventually come with Born to Die. Uh, I'll, I'll stop here. Thanks. Yeah, Rashmi, you said this is your favorite question, but I think this is one of my favorite answers because I always uh, ask this question, you know, what is unique about uh, someone's approach to NFTs? And I think the way that you answered it, that the really the way to think about it is to completely go back to the drawing board and for each person to understand that what you see is not necessarily what you get. If you think about GameFi, it's not just about the games. It's about so much more, those fundamentals, as you say, which is really a financial product. Because I think we see this a lot in the GameFi industry. There's this problem of really bringing over these mass amounts of gamers in the Web2 space what should gaming companies do in order to get them into Web3? It's not that the audience is not there. It's just that the onboarding is virtually non-existent. And I mean, there are so many question marks around why this is. But I think you've touched on something extremely important is we have to think differently about how we approach this. And this is the same issues that we are plagued with in Web3 in general is we have to completely reinvent the way that we think about things to only take a copy-paste model from other industries and especially in Web 2 and want to apply it to Web 3. This is why a lot of projects with very good intentions unfortunately crash and burn. So I want to jump on this last thought that you had in terms of how to overall how GameFi companies are approaching Token, token economics, for instance, um, what do you think is the overall future of NFTs in the GameFi space? See, I, I, so like I said, right, so I believe that the, my, my conviction into NFTs actually started when I started realizing the potential of NFTs in gaming. And gaming for me is a placeholder in general. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, I believe that NFTs will play a very fundamental core role in anything related with identity, anything related with assets, anything related to even uh, uh, doing transactions where we are exchanging value, not just tokens, but but with a, uh, with, a with an increase of the identity as we go along, right? So uh, if I have to give an example, so we have all played games where we start with an avatar inside a game. And from there on, we the avatar essentially grows from level 1 to level 10 to level 100 and so on and so forth, right? Now, that makes, that means there is a progressive NFT uh, that is coming in, a growth-based NFT which is there. And how does that come inside the gaming? We haven't seen that yet getting uh, used at scale. Uh, similarly, uh, if I have to put it that uh, uh, NFTs are, uh, 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 we have been all talking about NFTs are interoperable, but how and when will NFTs be interoperable is something we haven't seen that yet, right? So I believe that what we are seeing in the NFT space is just the surface. There is a lot more that is going to happen in terms of innovation and gaming is going to lead that space, lead that use case 
in the NFT for the next three to five years. Yeah, it's truly an exciting time. And then especially if you take sort of traditional gaming companies, for example, you have Roblox on one end and they seem to be going all out for the Web3 space. And then you have Minecraft on the other and they say, no way, Jose, to the whole approach to Web3. So it's very interesting to see how different companies are approaching this future forward projections and going, I'm going to bet my horse on Web3 or no, you know, as we are so used to in this space, people who well-known speakers and thought leaders who say this is all just passing fad and I'm not going to look at it only to a couple of years down the line, change their mind. So I wonder you mention, and I think very rightly so, that this is for sure just the beginning for NFTs. Uh, we are at the moment building out use cases that are perhaps easier to understand, things that people are more easily able to engage with on different levels, especially in terms of creativity and arts and entertainment, but that down the line for sure more and more business use cases will continue to really be built out. But in terms of the metaverse, which is, of course, another sort of buzzword that we are all hearing about, but there's not always 100% clarity of exactly what that is or what that's going to look like. What role do you think NFTs will play in the metaverse uh, and especially in, let's say, the short to medium term future as we lead to this great future where NFTs, as you say, will play a role in identity, in assets, transaction, and any kind of share of value? Sure. So I think uh, we have already seen some, uh, some of these starting to play out uh, in the metaverses world. Uh, the fundamental thing, I think, so, uh, so here is a mental model which I think metaverse is like, and then we have to go and extrapolate that for larger ones, right? So for me, metaverses are like cities in the virtual spaces. And we have got multiple different metaverses here. And there are like multiple cities in the world. So there is a New York, there is a Los Angeles, there is a Dubai, there is a uh, Mumbai, there is a Bangalore, and so on and so forth. Right? Now, when I see these metaverses are essentially cities for me, which each of the city having its own peculiarity or own, own uh, identity or own use case per se, right? Uh, they would be different and they will be same at the same time. Now, when that happens, uh, and as an individual, I am traversing from one metaverse to another metaverse or one place in the metaverse to another place in the metaverse, I would need to have some form of a binding identity or a past or, a, or how will I essentially get identified and they will get access to stuff, right? I think we are already seeing there are events happening in the metaverses and you can only go to events if you hold a certain type of, of NFT that you can go to. Now, if I have to extrapolate this, let's say Nike is coming up with an event in the virtual world. And you can only go there if you have a Nike shoe NFT. right? They could not do that in the real world. But now in the virtual world, it is very much possible. And if you uh, put that alongside any other events, let's say there, there are nightclubs in the metaverse. Some of the night, uh, metaverse will evolve. And there is a nightclub, and you can only get access to the uh, nightclub if you have uh, the top brand NFTs with you, or else you cannot. So it is kind of a social uh, gate pass, social access card, NFTs, and the brands will be available or will have to come both in the physical and in the virtual world. And with time, the virtual space brands will become more valuable than the physical goods itself. I think Nike has recognized this value, the potential of what virtual goods can bring it. And that's the reason why they have seen, we have seen an acquisition uh, of the product that they did, right? I think RK, TFT, or I'm not always remembering the name, but that's what they have done. And we'll see more and more such products, virtual only products, either brands will be starting to build it themselves or will start acquiring as they go along. And that will be directly getting extrapolated or applied on to the metaverses of the world, starting with avatars, starting with the clothes or the fashion that you are wearing, to the gate passes and various different cards that you can hold, and each of them unlocking different value, different 
access in the metaverses as we go along. Brilliant. Yeah, I think you touched on so many important points. But first, I love this uh, analogy that you use about metaverses being different cities in the digital space where each city has its own identity, peculiarities, use cases. Because I think this is one of the most magical things about the metaverse is it is going to mean different things to different people. I have used this example before. For my teenage son, the metaverse is going to look completely different than for me as, you know, a woman at my age and my interests are different and the way that I approach the world is different. And there is really room enough for everyone because, as you say, it's just like cities in the world and even neighborhoods in the world where, you know, you can find whatever it is you're looking for and there's a space for you. But I think one thing that is very, very significant about what you shared, this concept of as users of the metaverse, Can you guys hear me? I seem to have lost connection. Okay, great. So just to repeat the question that I was about to start. So this idea that in the metaverse, you as a user of the metaverse, you are almost like a walker between worlds. You know, you have this binding identity or the need for a binding identity, as you say, between different metaverses. It reminds me of the soulbound tokens uh, that Vitalik Buterin recently came out with in a paper. Um, but what is really, really fascinating is this concept of NFTs as a type of token gating on the one end, but also NFTs as a replacement for real world products. So there are very important implications there if you think about the environmental concerns of fast fashion and overconsumption. So on the one hand, we have this idea that NFT is all about exclusivity. But on the other hand, we also have this idea that NFTs can actually replace some of the damage that we are doing in the real world. So I think you touched on some really important things. Um, the question then is, Yes, right now we are seeing NFTs in gaming and we are seeing NFTs in the metaverse. But how do you think we are going to get from where we are right now to the point where business use cases for NFTs are going to become an everyday occurrence in different industries all over the world? Sure. Uh, I So I have a viewpoint here and it may not be the most popular viewpoint across uh, and there are going to be, maybe many people may not like what I'm going to say here. But what I believe is NFTs today is that it's infancy where we are talking about NFTs, okay, which is an Ethereum NFT, this is Solana NFT, this is a Polygon NFT, and so on and so forth, right? Now, NFT in general is a technology. And the first and foremost step that we have to see is start thinking NFTs are not chain centric or chain dependent, but chain agnostic. How can that happen? Uh, there has to be a fluid interaction between different chains. Chains just happens to be the infrastructure on which NFTs are getting built. NFTs happens to be the tech on which we are building business use cases, right? And if you start thinking only that there is a certain form of chain dependency or an infrastructure dependency to build the NFT, we'll always have this to and fro going in general. I think we're moving towards a place where we are going to, uh, getting to multi-chain, chain agnostic NFTs. And I believe that's the first layer which will happen before we see businesses adopting this. That's one. Second, I believe that uh, today we see NFTs primarily in the form of art or art-based forms. And that could get uh, further uh, use cases as we see, and as we, uh, and, and we would see that uh, once with the multi-chain comes in, businesses will start thinking, hey, this is a technology, let's adopt, to adopt uh, let's try and adopt different, uh, different use cases on the top of that. We have started seeing some adoption of this in real estate space. We have started seeing some adoption, like you said, in uh, uh, fashion for replacing from physical fashion to a digital fashion. And I think slowly as the 
adoption for nfts in general starts uh, increasing we start seeing the value that we see with and uh, with real world uh, contracts and everything going into nfts we will start seeing nfts coming more and more mainstream as we go it's not going to happen immediately it's going to take about 3 to 5 years minimum to see that uh, transcend and th- that is where i see gaming in general will start leading and the primary reason is because the concept of virtual products the vir- the concept of virtual goods assets is already already accepted in the gaming world it, the the web2 gaming already has a concept of virtual tokens virtual points virtual assets now although uh, what we are doing today is trying to do a one is to one transition that would need that correction to apply the web3 layer web3 understanding for the gaming to see how the nfts will work in a different step in form inside the gaming and gaming is going to lead that uh, journey for the uh, for the nfts to be adopted at a large scale that's what i believe is in the next few years to come yeah i think that's such an important point is we know where we are going and we know the general sort of direction that we are going to follow in order to get there but there's so many steps that we really have to evolve as we are living them because i think nfts is this complete mindset shift at the moment as you say there's been such a large focus on arts based nfts and how do we get from being so dependent on specific chains and so dependent on these use cases that we have been seeing to broadening our scope and going wow but actually nfts much like the internet i mean when we first envisioned the internet if you look at the original reason for the internet it was very very limited compared to what it is today so in a similar sense what we are seeing today what we are thinking about today is going to evolve so much over the coming years and the coming decades that it's actually quite funny that you know we might be able to listen to this conversation that we're having right now at our 10 20 years into the future and think to ourselves wow how did we not see that xyz was coming and this is the exciting thing about being in this space but the question then is so gaming leads in the interim and i love what you touched on in terms of in the gaming space users gamers are already used to this idea this concept of having virtual goods trading them earning them um virtual tokens are accepted but why are we seeing that gamers are not onboarding into web3 and what do you think is hindering this process in terms of adoption for gamefi for nfts from the web2 gaming space Uh, i i think that's uh, one of the uh, most difficult challenges in today's uh, web3 gaming space the primary reason i would give again uh, i don't have a ready answer for this uh, it, it's hypothesis at this moment and this can only be proven after or or uh, disproven after we try out see and then come back but i believe there are two major reasons for this one is the experience user experience today today playing a web3 game no matter which game we are having is a 7 to 10 step process you can pick and choose which step is not a right one which is a, a right one in general so a 7 to 10 step process for a gaming for a gamer is really really intense they just want to play the game right and we are making it really really difficult in the web3 space to for them to come and start playing the game i know there is a notion out there where say this is the only way web3 has to be played and they will learn and they will Uh, adapt and that's how we'll grow this is the same notion which we had in 2017 when there were icos happening and the only way you can go and get this ico was having a 7 and 10 step process back then uh you go into a dex to get to the dex you have to get ether you have to get ether from some otc deal and you take that ether then transfer it to the contract then you get the tokens it was a really really cumbersome process and then the likes of coinbase binance wazirx came and made that journey for the user really really simple the user experience improved leaps and bounds 10x more than what we had earlier and the dex also improved from moving to a from a dex to a amm dex like a 
uniform and they also made the user experience much better right if i have to put it this way in the gaming space web3 gaming space we are in the ether delta of the gaming space today and that has to transcend and those user experience problem has to be solved to be essentially making it more easy more uh, uh more uh, user friendly for the people to come and start playing web3 games that's one i think the second point here is uh, which we already discussed uh, briefly about is the economy itself right now whenever we see and talk about the economy what we get to see all the time is the crash and burns of the tokens of the economy and how it is not sustainable how it is not predictable now that uncertainty unpredictability always dissuades user from adopting new things so as users it is not that we are going to get something extra but the fear of loss is what prevents us from getting there what if i make 1000 and tomorrow the $1000 becomes $100 because it has the token price has passed by 90%. Now, although this $100 would be an extra, but they don't so users don't see it that way. They always see the loss of $900 versus the gain of $100 in general. So that uh, predictability and sustainability of the uh, gaming system or the web3 economy layer needs to be improved to give confidence to the users that hey, it's okay you can come and start building this out. We have seen website gaming changing lives in philippines uh, in vietnam in in other poorer countries even some parts of india as well but i believe that we will only see the to uh, true value of gaming once we start solving the core issues that is there and to solve the second issue that's what i am trying to say we need to start approaching website gaming as a financial product first gaming product second the experiences of gaming we talk about i, I there are a lot of talk about how the gaming is not fun it is tedious it is boring there is a web to gaming so much more experience those all uh, work out those are also valuable points but i believe that from change from there to the web3 for that to happen we need to solve these two major points that's already a solved problem these two major points has to be solved the experience the user experience onboarding and playing and the second one is the economy structuring here yeah fantastic answer i think it made me reflect on my own not necessarily gaming journey but i was thinking when i came into crypto in 2017 i was getting paid in bitcoin and i didn't try to get it out of my wallet because i didn't understand how now i don't try and get it out of my wallet because i know the value of it but the journey points between these two extremes there were so many steps involved and i think as an industry the key is really a we have to understand that if the focus is on the technology itself we are alienating so many people um people who are in web2 gaming they don't necessarily have the appetite for web3 they might love what web3 is bringing them in terms of final deliverables final user experience final rewards but it doesn't mean that they are passionate about the technology and so the technology has to support what is being done without as you say being the 7 to 10 step process that people have to really learn to wrap their head around something and on the other hand yeah exactly this idea that if we are approaching gaming only in terms of gaming well that's a web 2 discussion in web 3 the discussion is necessarily different because it happens in a completely different space with different principles different values different rules that apply and so i think yeah you you hit the nail on the head is the question is not how to bring more gamers from web 2 into web 3 as with much of web 3 the question is always what can we do to make things easier to make things better to make things different because at the end of the day the onus is not on the audience to change on the users to change it's on people in the industry to change what is being offered so that we can attract those users so on that note you touched on web3 especially web3 gaming uh, being able to change lives in developing nations So what is your philosophy about web3 changing lives whether this is in gaming whether this is in crypto or you know whatever these different sort of flavors of web3 is what are your thoughts on how it can really change people's lives uh i i mean 
I, I think uh, I, I would re- correct myself. I think this is my favorite question. Not that was the second favorite over there. This is a question which I don't get asked very often, though. And the reason is, I think, as entrepreneurs, as founders, as uh, innovators, it is always a thesis, uh, a fundamental thing which essentially drives us towards the goal. And as we go towards the goal, we'll keep solving smaller, larger problems, but the end goal is what really drives us, right? And I briefly touched upon this while I was trying to introduce myself. It's like in 2017, when I was going deep into uh, into uh, crypto, understanding crypto, one thing that stuck out, uh, and this is essentially from where the entire journey of my crypto began, was, uh, so I believe that as the technology advances, we are we start solving problems which were not solvable earlier. We have seen this throughout in the past when internet came in, there were many problems where people were not connected with each other. They started connecting with uh, remote people. We brought the vote closer together. Uh, with mobile technology, we started using cameras, using those uh, connections, WhatsApp, Instagrams, all essentially got and brought problems which were not thought of earlier, and this becomes a, a norm today, right? Now, when it happens to blockchain, what is that we have not solved and have not been able to solve and can become can solve proper uh, probably faster? And for me, the largest use case for me has been elevating or eliminating world poverty at large. Now, I start from there. And why I start from there is because that is one of the toughest problems to solve. And I asked myself, can crypto, can blockchain solve that problem? I believe it can. And that is when I started going backwards. And I had a thesis that today, the way, or that is today in the sense 2017, is a way in which blockchain and cryptos are. We are having a structure in which the rich, the crypto rich are becoming richer and the crypto poor are staying poor. We are not building an equitable distribution of wealth yet. And that was the initial problem which was clogging uh, the traditional economy. And we have kind of inherited that into the Bitcoin or the crypto economy as well, where the rich are staying richer or becoming richer and the poor stay poor. Now, to have an equitable distribution of wealth, we need to have something we call... And then I had coined a term of proof of human work. Uh, that was the era of proof of work, where uh, problems, puzzles, uh, hashish was getting solved by machines, bots, and the people who have got money were putting a lot of machines versus poorer people who were not even able to afford one machine was not able to contribute or uh, be a part of the system. So proof of human work is what I had then built in my thesis, had put my paper, uh, written into a document and said, hey, we need to solve this, but no blockchain is ready for this yet. Now from there, if I have to extrapolate, that's when I've been working, I've been thinking around that, not really trying to solve because this is a very, very big problem to solve for. Now, and then Axie Infinity happened. And the impact that Axie Infinity gave on the ground to Philippines essentially happened. That showed that there is a potential that with NFTs and crypto coming together with gaming, gaming happens to be that place where you are doing real work, human work. So I replaced that term from proof of human work to proof of play. Now, play here can be, uh, is a a placeholder. It could be gaming. It could be social. It could be uh, walk. It could be anything. The proof of real work or, or that there's a person doing it is something that has to be there. And with that, it we could actually go and come towards the era of equitable distribution of wealth, as in the amount of work that the people are putting in and the, the wealth is getting distributed equitably around them. This can lead to a lot more social changes on the ground than what we have seen in the past 20, 30 years of, uh, of technology that we have seen so far. And I am really excited. I don't know if that is going to be possible, but I'm really excited to see if we can take steps towards it and come closer to that goal, because that's what is going to make a world a better place. 
and uh, we will bring the uh, world together and alleviate a lot of problems in the world by being able to get a step towards that at large i would not say that we'll eliminate poverty completely but i think we'll take a giant steps towards that with technology with nft with crypto brilliant rashmi i think you know just to remind the audience that you have a long and very involved career in tech so when you say that these changes that are being brought about with web3 are potentially much larger than any of the solutions that we've been able to come up with web3 i sorry with technology in the traditional sense you know what you're talking about because you've seen the changes on the ground in terms of sort of standard technology um i love this idea of proof of human work and then evolving into proof of play i can definitely resonate much more with the proof of play um but this is a really important point because i think this phrase you said about the crypto rich becoming richer and the crypto poor staying poor this is really one of the biggest negative changes that we've seen over the last few years i know when i first came into crypto it was amazing the prospect of suddenly we were going to redistribute wealth in the sense that there were no glass ceilings and you know mexican walls and any of these sort of barriers between people who don't have access to the financial world and what it offers right now but because of this new technology and this new way that we are thinking about things we are going to be able to give everyone access and unfortunately as things have become more institutionalized and i always say that the problem with human beings is that we bring ourselves with us no matter what new industry we go into now we are seeing that we are just replicating the same thought processes and the same behaviors that we had in the other spaces so with us at atlunum in terms of you know even when we started at lunum for us really the biggest question was how can we democratize finance in the crypto space in the sense that yes there's a lot of money to be made but the sad fact is it's only being made by a select few people who already have money so if you think about investing into projects in terms of an ido who is getting the allocation people who already have money and so i think the the key really is and this is my own thesis is for founders in the web3 space it's so absolutely crucially important for founders to have the right mindset and i think your answer about the problems that we are solving now are problems that perhaps we didn't even fully understand earlier but as the technology increases and improves these complexities of the problem we are understanding in with new eyes than we were able to understand it before so with that i absolutely loved your many many penny drop insights on how nfts and the metaverse is changing the face of gaming as we know it but also how gaming is this vehicle that we are going to use in order to really get to this different future than what we've you know been having over the past few decades uh, tech has promised us a lot of amazing things and unfortunately it's only widened that gap between people who have and people who don't have uh, but i believe the audience is rearing to go because i see my question screen is blinking furiously i'm going to move over to what people want to know from you today so give me a second and i can choose the first one uh let me see you have been part of many businesses how do you pick your winners in the web3 space or do you or do you make these successful okay i'm not quite sure so yeah okay so how do you know i think basically it means how do you know if a project is going to be successful in the web3 space uh the short answer is i don't <laughs> and i think no one uh, knows uh, how is going to be successful uh, which one is going to be successful in the web3 space right if they would have they would have only invested in those and not in everything else uh, but here is the fun fact right now uh, let's take the example of gaming and it is applicable for all industry all uh, verticals in general if you look at gaming 
starting from the console gaming atari brought up console gaming uh, or, or arcade gaming i would say not even console uh, started with cons- uh, arcade gaming from arcade gaming we came to console gaming from console gaming we came to uh, online gaming and from online gaming we came to mobile gaming now not this no one of that uh, of the uh, uh, the arcade gaming the leaders of the arcade gaming were not the leaders in console gaming the leaders of console gaming were not the leaders in more uh, on internet gaming or online gaming the leaders of online gaming were not the leaders in mobile gaming and here is something that i would say the leaders of the online gaming or web to uh, online or mobile gaming are not going to the leaders in the web three gaming world uh, so there's no fundamental to say how would you back then right now on a on a basic hunch everyone say hey if you have built games in the past if you have built let's say pubg in the past and you are coming to web three gaming i'll back on you because you will make it big in the web three space but history has shown different the people who disrupt are, are are people who essentially coming from not from that world but coming from a different point of view different uh, mindset and then they change the world of that and it is applicable not just for gaming and you can choose any vertical anything and you will see this happening repeating after one after the other and that's what is makes this place interesting now if i have to back projects i want to i i like to see the uh, team the vision behind the team is it just the current project that they're looking up or there's a large uh, there's a, a big road map and a vision towards where they want to go see in the past have they executed anything and made it success uh, i mean executed at least on the ground and done something built something out stepped something or not or they're very raw now i, I agree uh, it um, may work against the freshers but even uh, youngsters who are coming in they would have built something and executed at least in the hobby projects and something out because that brings in the resilience and knowing that what needs to be done and thirdly is obviously that uh, i don't understand every industry i don't un- understand every vertical so i only put my money put my thoughts behind something i fully understand and only then i go ahead and say hey these are something and even in that i would choose 10 to 20 and i believe that two three of them would succeed brilliant rashmi i think that was a fantastic answer next question uh you said first person shooter games are the most successful genre are there new trends in gaming that you see coming up uh trends in gaming uh no uh i would i would put it this way that i think uh Or, or i would say rather the kind of games would be always be different there would be different categories of gaming in the gaming industry uh but as we go ahead and see more and more i believe that uh, the combination of mobile gaming and web3 is what is going to lead, take this thing even forward we have already seen the amount of users the um, uh, the kind of engagement and the kind of uh, revenue that mobile games are making today that's only going to grow lips and bound with the way web3 is coming up condition we solve the problem of web3 economy web3 gaming economy that we come across uh i think then you tie up with hyper casual games uh again from we have to think from a fundamental point of view that people today are busy more busy than they ever have been people today have been are lonely and alone by but then more have been what they do is they try to spend time and find places to spend uh, give this time to in short bursts of uh, time uh, that they, they have if you ask someone to spend 3 hours continuous playing a game i believe we are getting more and more marginalized and may not be available for that but as we go and start thinking that hey can i spend 10 minutes while i am Uh, waiting on something and uh, what do i do there i think people are moving away from social uh, uh from news to something a little more fun little more uh, challenging little more creative and that is where gaming steps in so we have seen a plethora of hyper casual games coming up and making it uh, interesting but i think the hyper casual games are 
having that construct today, which is designed around Web two economy in general, where ad based models or a uh, or a upgrade based models are selling, that needs to be fine tuned for a Web three model economy and. how there can be a continuity and an interoperability between hypercasual games as we go along will become more and more norm as we go ahead well that's why proof of play for the win right so on that note i have a question that is definitely related to this proof of play but perhaps in the other direction how do you earn profits from nft gaming and how do i know these are not scams <laughs> so i i think uh, so this is this is essentially what we've been talking about right uh, the uh the arcade games had a different business model the console game had a different business model online gaming had a different business model and mobile games have a different business model web3 will be having a different business model we are scared right now so if you if you think from a, a console gaming to the online world where we were uh, at the console gaming we were selling cds out there cds uh, and softwares out there and then it all became free to play it's a big shift from selling every copy software to a free to play model right and uh, it took us quite a few time uh, i mean quite a few years to essentially solve and find a profitability around that model of free to play and eventually we did solve it on mobile and now most free to play games are either backed by ads or uh, backed by virtual currencies and how they are making tons of money uh, i think i was reading a report sometime uh, back i would not remember the exact numbers but i think pubg makes around a close to a billion dollar every quarter by selling this virtual products alone now that's a huge number out there right now what we are going to change here is the concept of ownership and who is essentially selling this virtual goods is not going to be from the game developer but is going to go and get distributed to the uh, game to the community at large now that will again append the entire business model but i believe at the end there would be enough uh, model which will go around the community as they keep getting they will also give back to the developers give back to the company and everyone in general will rise up or that is or at least that is the premise around which web3 gaming is getting built or uh, around which born to die is getting built i'm not saying we're going to get billions but we'll make our millions and probably our community will also make millions out there so it's a distributed form of wealth uh, generation at large well, that is one of the best models to have is the company is going to make millions but the users are also going to make millions So I think on that note unfortunately we have run out of time for all of the questions that we have. Uh this is always the saddest part of the hour for me is so many aha moments and then we have to say goodbye. But Rashmi it's been such a treat getting your thoughts on web3 in general, NFT specifically and all of these really really targeted insights into gamefi and just really how we have to do things differently if we want to reap the rewards that is possible but that means letting go of these old mindset shift well making a mindset shift and letting go of the old ways of thinking uh that we the legacy thinking that we are coming into uh the web3 space with and of course that's always the biggest challenge in any area of our lives not just in the space Uh so audience if you would like to stay updated with what Rashmi and the Born to Die team is doing do follow them on Twitter at Rashmi Ranjan uh for Rashmi and then at Born to Die game for the shooter game that they are developing in the metaverse and as you have been able to tell from all of the amazing insights that Rashmi has been giving us i think born to die is not going to be your average standard uh, metaverse game they are definitely going to have a very different approach to how they do things so with that as i said very sad to say goodbye but the good news is that we are going to catch you right back here next time well next week in on that fact uh same time same place for another episode of the future of nfts brought to you by adlunum and please do keep in mind that if you have any sort of birthday cake or sweets or any celebratory eat or drink this month 
think of us because we are one year old, baby. So with that, guys, cheers. See you next week. And Rashmi, thank you so much. It's been a fascinating hour. Look forward to what's coming next. Thank you very much for having me. It was a great question. I enjoyed every bit of being here. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Have a good day. Speak soon. You've been listening to The Future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.